Hey, it's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro dealer. Good morning. It is Friday, September 1st. It's five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad you're joining us on this Friday. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, and you can find me there, Casey Daniels 317. Of course, he just posted AI version of Joe Biden. And uh, if you'd like to check that out, head over there and, and see his melting ice cream cone. <laughs> it's it's entitled No Comment mm-hmm. is the name of the portrait. We're naming the portraits now, apparently. Also want to remind you that there are just a few tickets left for WIBC night. That is coming up Wednesday, October 4th at the Indiana Historical Society. And uh, tickets are on sale just a couple left and it's brought to you by Relay Indiana so if you'd like to go you need to get on WIBC.com and get your tickets today. Speaking of that AI Biden up at uh, at Robin Kendall on Twitter um, you know I'm learning about how artificial intelligence works from somebody who knows how artificial intelligence works and apparently mm-hmm. one of the issues with artificial intelligence still is it's it's almost like a dog in the sense it can follow most of your commands, Mm -hmm. but it can't exactly learn everything yet. It's like training a puppy. Mm -hmm. And I say this because with the limited interaction now that I've had with it from someone who spends 93 hours a day playing with it, once it learns how to do more stuff it's like remember in terminator skynet is learning it's activated it's it's like it's like a real thing it's actually happening and it's actually scary as hell because one of the things my wife has encountered with these (laughs) these portraits is it doesn't always follow all of the commands yet yeah so she has done one for joe hogsett and you have now seen it casey Mm -hmm. and is it not the most fabulous one of all of of them all the thing is it's it's a really fantastic AI rendering of Joe Hogsett. Yes. The colors look great yes. with it. Uh, he he looks he looks very handsome the, in okay. the picture. So, so the, the 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 one with Hogsett, I hate saying that. Look, the one with Hogsett is so good and the background is so good and I just hopefully at some point we will get it perfected to where we can release it. But the problem with the Hogsett, for whatever reason... You cannot release this version. No, he's beautiful. Yeah. She cannot make, no matter what photo she enters of Joe Hogsett, who is one of the most ugly gargoyle-looking people you will ever encounter, for whatever reason, AI keeps making Joe Hogsett a very beautiful person. Yeah, it looks it's like something... It looks like something straight out of Mad Men. Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, you look at the one, like the Holcomb one we did, or the the uh, the one with uh, uh, Duke of Spendingburg, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's like, okay, perfect. Those are the perfect, based on the description we're entering of the person. What a great capture. But for some reason, no matter what photo it is, Joe Hogsett... Mm-hmm. 
is a beautiful person. Yeah, he's turning out looking good with his electric blue eyes and this AI version. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I flat out refuse. No, you cannot no. post this because it makes him look too good. And we'll have none of that. <laughs> it's nine minutes after 10. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about what's going on with the House Oversight and Accountability uh, Chair, James Comer. He's requesting information regarding alleged misuse of Air Force Two and Marine Two. This is during Joe Biden's time as vice president. Why does he want this information? Well, they're alleging that Hunter Biden, he's been getting a free ride all over the world on your dime. <laughs> what? Yeah. No way, Casey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hunter Biden's a grifting scumbag, you don't say. Um, yes. Now, again, I come back to good on the Republicans for trying to find information. But that's all it seems like it ever is. Now we need these documents. Now we need those documents. We've requested this. We would like to have that. When is the payoff on all of this? Everyone knows what Hunter Biden is, was, and always will be. Everybody knows what Joe Biden is, was, and always will be. When does this turn into something that we say, hey, Someone finally did something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like that's happening, Casey. Okay, so they're saying that the president abused his various offices of public trust and wasted taxpayer money to benefit his family's enterprise. And uh, let's hear from James Comer and see what he has to say. So you and Congressman Byron Donalds are demanding the National Archives release, release Biden's travel records or an Air Force Two and Marine Two when he was vice president. Uh, Why do you want those records? Because the pre- the president hasn't been truthful about anything pertaining to his son. He said his son never got any money from China. We learned that was blatantly false. He said he never spoke to any of the, the crooks who were wiring money to the president's son. We found that he spoke to all of them. Now we found that he was traveling with the president, uh, then vice president, to these countries uh, to try to help these people who were sending money. I don't think anyone in America believes that... Uh, these foreign nationals were just sending the Biden's money to their shell companies out of the goodness of their heart. These were all people who were being investigated for corruption in their countries, whether it be Romania, whether it be Ukraine, whether it be Russia. All of these people that were sending the Bidens had one thing in common. They were in trouble. They were bad people in trouble in bad countries. They were paying Hunter Biden to help to receive help from Joe Biden through the administration to help them get out of trouble. Okay, so Hunter Biden's been jet-setting all over the world, uh, lining his pockets. He's been doing it on your dime. Of course, the National Archives now has admitted that they have about 5,400 emails with uh, from Joe Biden's VP days where he's using his aliases, right? Joe Biden, Robert L. Peters, Robin Ware, and J.R.B. Ware. And <laughs> That's my favorite one, J.R.B. Ware. Is it, is it J.R.B. Ware? Um, But what I heard was because this was all done under the Obama administration, they have to have Obama sign off on the release of all of this. Boy, that's a funny, that's a a convenient little catch there, isn't it, Casey? Well, and they gave him, what, like three weeks to either approve it or and we're one week in. Uh So now Comer's saying we're giving him just a few more weeks. Uh He's got to determine whether he's going to release these emails. So think about this. On the second impeachment, they impeach Trump faster than Comer can even get these documents. Right. 
And this is why people just have lost all faith in the Republicans, because when it's the Republicans, it's, well, we got to go through the process and uh, we, we're a nation of laws or you know whatever phraseology they're using. Hey, when it's the Democrats, guys impeached in two weeks. Okay, so Marjorie Taylor Greene, she came out and she said she would not vote to fund the government this month without an impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden. Of course, the White House saying that she's extreme and hardcore fringe. Um, can we get off this for a second? Because sure. I'm going to just do... Because it's Friday well, and you're you done know, with it? you know how I get when I have to spend too much time talking about the Bidens. You think Ron DeSantis has been listening to our show? I do. Why? <laughs> okay, he was giving an update <laughs> on the damage from Adelia, Hurricane Adelia, right? And, and by all accounts, he's done a fabulous job, as he did with the previous hurricanes, right. leading the state through the disaster response, etc. Showing his leadership, and he's gaining a lot of good points. People are paying attention, and that's something that I said long ago before the debates. Like, look at his leadership, how he runs his state in times of emergency. Well, he was giving an update, and you have often complained you don't like the sound of his voice. Yeah, it's very beta. It's you very, th- very beta. You think he sounds a little whiny, yeah, he's a, a little high-pitched, right? Yes, very wimpy. Now, I don't know if he had a frog in his throat, or maybe he's just tired because of the hurricane that came through, and he's been working diligently. But in this update, his voice sounds different to me. You ready to hear it? Let's hear it. Okay. We are working hard to restore power across the state of Florida. As of 6 a.m. today, there are approximately 146,000 power outages reported across the state, uh, but power is being restored quickly. Uh, Thus far, 420,000 accounts that lost power during the storm have been restored. And the bulk of the outages at this point are in that Big Bend region, a lot of the rural counties that bore the brunt of the storm. Yeah, it's way better. It's deeper, isn't it? Oh, that's way, a million times better. He should just use that voice going forward. I don't know if he's talking slower. You know how on your podcast you can play it slower or faster based on how quick you want to get through it? Mm -hmm. It, it, You know, you slowed it down. You used to do it with the cassette tapes all the time. He should totally do that. Whatever he's doing, just henceforth go forward with that voice. That's way better. I think he's he's taking your advice. Absolutely. He's just slowing it down yeah, just that's, a little that's bit. Way better. All right. When we come back, Casey. Yeah. So Dave Portnoy, he's the bar stool guy. Mm-hmm. He is Tucker's guest this week on his uh, Twitter feed. And he said something that proves something I've been saying for many, many years. Actually, two things that I've been saying for many, many years on this show, and it was so nice of him to 100% prove my point. (laughs) It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 17 minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Dave Portnoy was the guest with Tucker, and he's explaining the barstool pen breakdown. Portnoy is a very interesting guy for a variety of reasons. You know, I kind of put him in the bucket with like Pat McAfee or Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan, where they're kind of these wild characters who would not have existed 20 years ago, but because of technology and the landscape that has come with it and the free ability to be free in terms of your presentation in media, they have become ridiculously rich. And I have said for years two things on this show that have been reoccurring themes. Number one is that anything the government gets involved in 
it stymies growth and creativity. That is by government's very existence and nature, anything the government enters itself into stymies growth and creativity. And we've talked about how the government's oversight of these public airwaves and their refusal in many instances to not move forth from governing based on Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, which is what many of the regulations we are forced to abide by today exist because of, have created an environment in which much of radio, not named WIBC, struggles immensely. There's no doubt. I mean, we're not going to lie to our audience and say, oh my gosh, radio has never been more popular. While stations like ours are doing very well, much of radio is struggling dramatically, and it is because of the lack of, in many, for many reasons, it is many ways, it is because of the lack, the lack of creativity or the lack of free form or the lack of um, what's the word I'm looking for? It just, it, Lack of local content? Well, it's because no, of no, consolidation? No, no. Because no. you have disc jockeys uh, broadcasting in Indianapolis and they're really in Kansas yes. or Salt Lake City? Yes, that's a point. That's part of it, Casey. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, what I'm talking about is Dave Portnoy can say, Pat McAfee can say, Joe Rogan can say and do things that we cannot say or do because we our ownership mm-hmm. would be fined or intervened with by the federal government. Sure. And we're governed by the Federal Communications right. Commission. The, the federal government creates parameters and barriers mm-hmm. for us on this radio show that the in, these internet broadcasters absolutely do not have. So that's the first part of it. Whatever government gets into, they are just a giant knife in the back of any you know business, whatever. The other part of this that I've long said is that if you took Portnoy or McAfee or Rogan, and you put them on a radio station and said, do our show every day. There's lots of people who are super famous on the internet doing 10 10 minute sound bites or 10 second sound bites or Mm -hmm. clips or whatever. They could never do this. And it doesn't mean they're less talented. It just simply means they don't have the skills. They're not great broadcasters. They're great, they're not even great entertainers. They're great attention getters. Yeah. How about that? That's a great word. So Portnoy was on, Dave Portnoy, who owns Barstool, again, was on with Tucker Carlson. And what happened with Barstool is they sold to Penn Gaming. Mm-hmm. And Penn obviously bought Barstool for a variety of reasons. Number one, they're a behemoth with all sorts of publicity and college age you know, men, uh, You know, certainly the 25 to 54, which is the target demo. I mean, they're just a, just a, just a sledgehammer in terms of their ability to attract those eyeballs. But what Penn found and Barstool found was that Penn operates in a regulated world, which is the gaming industry, very heavily regulated. Mm -hmm. And Barstool, when it had to operate in a heavily regulated area- Couldn't do it. Could not do it. They could not make it. They were losing money. Not only were they not a financial behemoth, what they were when they operated in the Wild West, because they had to abide by government rules, they simply could not do it because the content they create was not capable of being created based on government regulation. And so I just thought this is, Portnoy says here, everything that I've been saying about those two topics, and you know how I hate to take a victory lap, Casey, but it's in this case, 100% true. Take a listen. Everything we did 
was met with resistance. So it made it really hard for this Penn Barcel relationship to prosper. And I think Penn got to the point where they said, you know, we're not getting the results we wanted. And it wasn't, I don't think they thought through our own fault, their fault. The relationship was much more difficult. We underestimated the regulators, how difficult they could make this in a regulated world. So they said, we're going to partner with ESPN. They had an opportunity. Uh, and I think it's a good thing for Penn. They still own a ton of stock. But once you go to ESPN, maybe you don't need Barstool. I end up getting the company back for a buck. So that's why I say thank But I don't understand. I mean, but how does that work? So they 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 paid, what, $600 million or something? Yeah, $600 million, that neighborhood. And the regulators make it impossible to make it profitable, which I totally understand. But then how do they get to the point where, like, hey, let's just give it back to Dave Portman yeah, for so free? I, yeah, so we have a great relationship with Penn, and we always did. So I do think they cared about the future of Barstool. But it's not only that. They just formed a huge relationship with ESPN, gigantic company. You have Barcel over here. We were supposed to be the media engine, and we were losing money. We're in growth mode. Barcel was growth, 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 growth um, to try to build the funnel for gamblers. When I ran it myself, we made money. It was always making money. So the option I think that Penn probably was faced with, and I'm speaking for them to a degree, is, all right, we got ESPN. Are we going to continue to lose money with Barstool? Probably not. They would have optimized it, and people who aren't making money probably would have lost their jobs. Unfortunately, I have a bigger heart than people give me credit for. I got <laughs> these idiots at Barstool who had been with me for 15, 20 years, the same people. If they didn't work for me, I don't want to get bad groceries. They're morons, Tucker. They are truly morons. They fit in our circus, in our moronic world. So I looked at it, and Barstool was losing money. I said, I'll take it back. We're losing a bunch, so i got to fix it. Um, but I know I can save all our jobs and get us back on the profitability course. So it worked, I think, for Penn, and it worked for us. How much are they losing right now? We lost about $10 bucks last year. That seems like a lot. It is a lot. It's a ton. But I'm rich, and I can fix it. So they were in growth mode. Yes. Profiting, probably small, but still profiting, still growing. They were profiting enough that Penn thought they were worth $600 million. Right. Penn paid $600 million. That's how well they were doing. And then Penn takes over, and because of all these government regulations, they made the growth harder and stifled the creativity. Right. So that they were losing money. Right. Yes, and they said, perfect. you know what? We'd we'd rather not have you. We're, yes. we're gonna we're gonna partner with ESPN instead. The fed, the government, state, federal, probably a, a group of both regulations cost Penn Penn Gaming six hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I they mean, gave it, it back to for a dollar. It was just it was just the most perfect example. I heard that clip yesterday. I was listening to you know a big part of that interview because I think Portnoy's super interesting, and obviously Tucker's a you know a, a gorilla in terms of you know King Kong in terms of media. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to that, and I just was like stop. That's the clip right there. And when we talk about how government eats and consumes and destroys everything it comes in contact with, that is it. Right there, one of the best examples I can possibly provide for it's anyone. It's like the blob, you know, yeah. when it moves through and yes. it just it gets everything. Yes. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, yeah, we have voicemails, mm-hmm. which are a fan favorite. Yeah, and we got a really, really, really great email about something we've been talking at length about on this program in recent history. All right, it's coming up with Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The phone number, if you'd like to contribute, 317-684-8444. It is time for your voicemails, questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever is on your mind. We invite you to participate. 1031, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's just point out, Kylan is in for Kevin today, and she's just doing such a great job. She's getting major props on the YouTube oh, chat. Yeah. People are saying they love the uh, bumper music oh, she's yeah. choosing. She's doing great. She's mm-hmm. doing phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you all. Yes, very good. And, of course, Kylan produces and is a part of the first day program, which you can hear Sunday mornings with the fabulous, talented Hall of Fame First Lady of WIBC, Terry Stacy. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, we do a little thing on this show that really, really makes some people mad, and we don't care at all because, well, <laughs> if you're a politician, basically we don't like any of you people, and you're getting exactly what you deserve because of what you've done to us. We give people little nicknames from time to time, Mm -hmm. and not every politician gets a nickname, just those that I think really deserve it. And let's face it, the nicknames are catchy, Mm -hmm. they stick, and they work, and that's why people hate the nicknames who are attached to these politicians. Now, we've released one this week. You really had to be paying attention to pick up on it. Yeah. Because there wasn't an official announcement no. of it. It's just being dropped in. Yeah. Some people are noticing. Yeah. Some guy called the other day and already started calling. And repeated it, it back. Uh, and that was uh, Brad Chambers is running for governor. Mm-hmm. He, of course, spent uh, a great deal of time as the head of the IEDC, which is the arm of which Holcomb, uh, Lord Eric the Red, high tax Holcomb, whatever we're calling him these days, takes money from us, the poor and the middle class. Uh, bundles it together and gives it to some of the largest, most powerful corporations in the country and in the world, <laughs> Eli Lilly, and uh, you know does sweet uses that money for sweetheart real estate deals, etc. Um, and Brad Chambers was the point man on that. He r- essentially is running errands for Eric Holcomb, so his nickname is now Professional Errand Boy, Brad Chambers. Right. So I mean, that's kind of you know it's kind of how it works. Like I sit around and generally. It's like it comes to you like a dream. Yes, it's like how how a great song gets written <laughs> off. And I was just I'm sitting there and it'll just pop into my head. And one of the great nicknames that we have come up with that really makes a lot of people in her camp mad is Silent Suzanne mm-hmm. for Suzanne Crouch. And somebody had called yesterday, I think it was, and said, "Rob, are you worried because of the damage you have done to the Silent Suzanne Crouch campaign that she will ultimately?" drop out of the race or be pressured to drop out of the race by uh, Lockdown McGee, High Tax Holcomb, whatever you want to call him. And then that would clear a path for a professional errand boy, Brad Chambers, to get all the establishment votes and then he might win. And I said, well, Suzanne, Silent Suzanne, has raised a gajillion dollars. And the donors and lobbyists and super rich people who have given her that money they're not going to be happy if they gave her all that money. And I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. Suzanne has had her cronies and friends and d- lobbyists, et cetera, you know, 
helped her out with all this money. They're not going to be very happy if they give all this money and she just drops out. Right. But Silent Suzanne is totally subservient to Eric Holcomb. Um, I mean, when you think about the way Holcomb has treated her like complete dirt over the past seven years, I mean, even took her off the signs in 2020 and she still stood stood right behind him. And so I said, well, maybe instead of silent Suzanne, we should have called her subservient Suzanne (laughs) because, you know, she's very subservient to Eric. So maybe she would just do whatever Mm -hmm. Eric uh told told her to do i i don't know i mean it's kind of a i don't know if fetish is the right word but suzanne definitely gets great joy out of being totally subservient to eric holcomb you've still never heard her say a bad word about him have you no ever no she's still going along with it she's running on the exact opposite of holcomb's platforms and yet she still has yet to ever say a bad word about holcomb yet she's running on literally being totally different than than Holcomb so I said I you know I don't I don't know and I said well maybe we should have called her subservient Suzanne instead of silent Suzanne uh but Paul the mailman one of our great listeners uh did call about that hey Rob and Casey mailman Paul again hey y'all I'm listening to you as I'm delivering my mail today and you're talking about Suzanne Crouch and your names are just so funny you make up for her. I like the whole Silent Suzanne, and now it's Silent Suzanne the Sub. Uh, you're a real... <laughs> These people, no wonder they don't want to talk to you or yeah. come on your show. Yeah, But keep doing it, man. Really makes me happy. Sometimes they stick. Look, I am a real bleep to these people because they are a real bleep to the taxpayers. I didn't start this fight, but I'm more than happy to finish it. And to me, finishing it means ensuring that people like Silent Suzanne or Subservient Suzanne or whatever we're going to call her now Mm -hmm. and professional errand boy Brad Chambers don't get another opportunity, another four years or eight years to continue this just pillaging and plundering of the people of this state. Look at what they just did with Anne Hathaway. I mean, they totally just huffers out and they, you know, did everything they could and they just inserted robot stooge number two in Anne Hathaway, who is going to be Huffer Holcomb Incorporated on steroids. And it's just business as usual. Mm -hmm. This is what these people want. If you want to stop business as usual in the Indiana Republican Party, you got two votes to make it happen. You're going to have a vote for governor next year, and you're going to have a vote for lieutenant governor at the Mm -hmm. convention. Mm -hmm. And you got great opportunities to fix it with some of the people that that are running. Now, we're not, you know, in the case of the governor, not endorsing anybody yet. We'll see what other people come up with. But you have an opportunity to fix it. And we're damn sure going to use this platform for the next eight months, nine months, whatever it is, to remind everybody on a daily basis of who these people are and what they've done to you. I love it how Eric Holcomb has three nicknames, (laughs) Eric the Red, High Tax Holcomb, and Lockdown McGee. But back to Silent Suzanne Crouch and her Axe the Tax slogan that she's using for this new proposal. She said she's going to start pushing for it for the next budget, which would be drafted by the Indiana General Assembly in 2025 when a new governor takes place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her campaign estimates eliminating the income tax could save Hoosiers an average of $1,500 to $2,000 a year. But here's the thing. Here's the quote that I want to read to you. Oh. And this should really, really, 
I don't want to do it. I don't want to make you angry on a Friday before a holiday weekend. Oh, let's go. Let's get But nuts. listen let's to go. this. Listen to this. I trust that Hoosiers know better how to spend their money than the government. What? We are also in a position <laughs> where we have a three billion yes. dollar surplus. And remember, Casey, it was six. But what they do the last uh, budget, they deliberately changed the law to make sure you didn't get a refund back if if the because you were getting an automatic refund above the two billion and then they changed the law and then they deliberately spent down this uh, we talked about this yesterday these people in the indiana general assembly and holcomb and suzanne they're predators it's predatory behavior with your finances because they deliberately found as many one-time expenditures as they possibly could for as much legalized vote buying as they could to help out their donor and lobbyist buddies in many cases. And they spent that reserve down to that $3 billion-ish number to ensure you wouldn't get your money back. They're predators. They're absolute predators. And we're not standing for it here. And we have an absolute opportunity, given the power of this radio show and the power of this radio station, especially in a Republican primary to have make sure the public is fully informed and when they go vote next primary season whether it's silent suzanne or professional Aaron boy brad chambers those two specifically to let them know we're not we're done with this we're, we are done with this in the state of indiana suzanne crouch said that her plan is more than just cutting the income tax it's about cutting government spending when where were you <laughs> where you been okay and that's why she gets the nickname silent Suzanne so we um so we have been talking a lot about the in part because of uh high tax Holcomb using taking money from regular people poor and middle class people and using it to fund sweetheart real estate deals for mega corporations the death of the character and landscape of much of Indiana mm-hmm. and what I'm talking about is one of the things that made Indiana great and special was the vast rolling fields and farmland and the idea that we were, even in suburbs of a major metropolitan city, we were an integral part of feeding a nation. We were an integral part of feeding a state. We were an integral part of what was, will continue to be because that is what has made Indiana special. And we have seen over the past 15, 20 years, the mass demolition of those very special fields and farmland in place of high-density housing. Terry Stacy and I had a conversation about this the other day. There's one going up right where she lives. And, you know, I don't think I'm revealing any secrets here. It's heartbreaking. And it is. It is heartbreaking to see things that were great and things that were special and things that did special things become high-density housing where people have no connection to the area or the community or the history now basically just infiltrate and you are forced to change because they don't care about what you grew up with and what you worked for and what you helped institute and we got an email about this if i might just take a moment to read it to our audience sure very good hello robin casey i wanted to say how much my wife and i enjoy your show I, too, grew up here in central Indiana, the Mount Comfort area. I must tell you I loathe what has happened to Mount Comfort. It is now the land of giant warehouses. Hey, you should move to Brownsburg. With more on the way. As a young lad, I watched Interstate 70 being built 
Then came the airport. Then it took a little while, but then came the warehouses. As a teenager, I worked for a farmer in the area. That farm and farmhouse are long gone. So sad. Thank you both for exposing the property tax issue. You two were way ahead of everyone on seeing that problem coming. Our property tax went up around 12% on our house and 24% on a small piece of farm ground we own that we rent to a farmer. We are retired and on a fixed income, so it is a little unnerving to think about where this is going. Anyway, keep up the good work. We love your show, Greg and Kathy. Hmm. That was a nice note. Yeah, wonderful, and I think it's the sentiment of a lot of people, and it's happening all over central Indiana, mm-hmm. and the only cure for the blues I'm feeling right now is to find out how Fat Hammer is. <laughs> As those amber waves of grain have turned into the land of warehouses. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 1046. And walking in the studio, we've got Jason Hammer from the Hammer and Nigel Show. Good morning, happy Friday. I don't feel confident today. Uh Uh-oh. It's just been one of those weeks, and I've been monitoring my weight a little bit at home. And diet-wise, I've done everything right. I don't think I've drank the proper amount of water this week. Um, and it's just been one of those weeks. Now, last week, when Rob was gone, when he mm-hmm. was doing his Tony Katz impression of not showing up to work, <laughs> uh, when I weighed in, this was on the heels of those ridiculous hot days. Mm-hmm. And I had just mowed the grass outside when it was like 110. So I think I lost quite a bit of sweat and water weight that week. So I'm not as confident as I look at the scale in front of me here. Here's the other thing you do. And I know, uh, you know you're Mr. Competitive, but I think you lose too much weight too fast for an event like this it's like in golf if you play in a golf league you don't want to shoot your best round the first the first night because that gets you a super low handicap you want to edge your way down into that that lower handicap so you're not giving away as many shots i feel like you came out the first night of golf league and shot a 35 well i was so fat the first week like i really (laughs) didn't try to kill myself and the blubber just fell off um and this time around because we've done this segment before i said i'm not going to kill myself like i'm not going to starve and fast for a day and a half uh, just to make the weight. I'm not going to do that because I don't think that helps me. Okay, the rules for the road for people who are new, if you're just tuning in, Hammer uh, this time every year looks at himself in the mirror and says, I am a disgusting piece of crap. And nothing motivates him to lose weight more than the thoughts that I might get something of Mm -hmm. value. And so each week he weighs himself if the weight is down, we give him a big round of applause, even if it's 0.1 pounds. If the weight is up, he has to put $5 in a kitty. And then at the end of the thing, mm-hmm. by the time his goal is to lose 50 pounds, right. however long Whatever that happens takes. first, a calendar year or 50 pounds. Right, right, right. And, and then I collect all the winnings at the end. 
I think we gave it to charity last year. Though. It was what what twenty five bucks? Yeah, I think last time around gave it to a charity of some sort uh, because that's the sort of guy I am. Sure. This year though, no, I just want to make you. You're going to keep it, <laughs> and it's my goal, and it's my goal to make sure these charities don't get a dime. <laughs> all right, all right, fat boy, you ready to find it? What is the, what's the number we got to hit here? So last week we had two fifty-seven point six. Okay, yep. So you're down basically fourteen, thirteen and a half pounds from when you started, and that's in like a two-week span. Right, absolutely. All right, all right here, here we, we go. go. Ready? Let's all right, go. here goes. Hammer uh, shuffling over there to the mm-hmm. uh, to the scale. This is crazy. Looks like a waddle of some sort. I always like how he has to pull up his pants when yeah, he gets on the also scale. Also love how it, I can just see his his man breast just. What? Oh. Crap. Oh, boy, that's not good. Come on. Well, that's not good. you knew it. You know, it's not bad. It's 258.8. Yeah. I'm up 1.2 from last week. Mm. And honestly, this is probably where I really am at. Yeah. Because, again, that 110-degree grass-cutting session mm-hmm. on Thursday night before the weigh-in yeah. probably tilted the uh, the scale a little bit. Let's, let's face it. It's th- what is that? Three three weeks now? I mean, you're 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 down 12 pounds yeah. in three weeks. That's four pounds a week. That's a healthy way to lose weight. Right. I'm not, you know, going on the uh, supermodel diet where I just make myself throw up right. and I eat a grape every day. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's not extreme weight loss. Yeah. It's nice gradual. Uh, okay. Someone who does not need to go on a diet is this chick who is the heiress to the Kansas City Chiefs. So the daughter of the owners of the defending Super Bowl champions, mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. uh, Gracie Hunt. Yes. If you've never seen Gracie Hunt, do yourself a favor and do a Google image search Mm -hmm. on Gracie Mm -hmm. Hunt. Mm -hmm. Because when this young lady takes over as the owner... It's going to be wild watching, you know, dudes like Ursay and Jerry Jones have she's to beautiful with her. Yeah, she's beautiful. Can I just describe her? Yeah, Please. absolutely. Okay. Go on. We're all listening. Okay, so she's she's tall. She's uh-huh. thin. She yeah. has long blonde hair. This picture I'm looking at her, she's got a crown. Was she a, a, a Miss Kansas, a Miss America, a Miss something? She's something. She is. <laughs> I, a pearly, pearly white teeth, a beautiful smile. She's 24 years old, and uh, she's quite the fashionista as well. And probably a billionaire because her old man yeah. is the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. And she, and she, so she will tweet out. Um, she's sort of like the football owner version of Paige Spernak, who is a golfer, who is a woman golfer, who is terrible at golf. And then she realized, well, my assemblage is way more valuable than my terrible golf game. So I'll just do things related to golf that everybody knows I'm terrible at golf, but will laugh and say it's golf. And then I'll just show my cleavage and I'll make a a billion dollars. She's sort of like the NFL owner or heir to an NFL owner version of Paige Spernak. The outfit she wears, the tweets she makes, whatever. She knows what she's doing. Right, absolutely. Like, she's an influencer mm-hmm. and also just happens to be the heiress of the kingdom, yeah. as they call it. Okay, so my question that I posed to Hammer when we were having a little text back and forth about this is, what, if you're a man, <laughs> what could you possibly offer her that she would go, wow, that's really impressive. I want some of that. I, yes. How do you impress her? <laughs> like, 
Where do you take her to impress her? Um, you two do not impress her. No, we don't have a private jet. And even if we did, she would be like, ours is so, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turning heads faster than a Mahomes pass. So she's got 37,000 followers, 370,000 followers on Instagram, 100,000 on TikTok. So she's got the fame, the looks, the money. She's got a great, you know, like job ahead of her being an NFL owner. I mean, in this country, NFL is king. And now her parents aren't super old, so it might be a little while. But she is ultimately going to be the heiress of the Chiefs. Yeah. And, you know, is there there has to be an edict, right, with this girl and to the players. I better not see you hanging out with my daughter. Try telling that to Travis Kelsey, because there's no way. I, I'm telling you right now, like the crazy plane lady said, I got two fingers out. I'm telling you right now, Travis Kelsey has hit on that woman. Yeah, if you so Travis Kelsey is a what he's a tight end slash receiver uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's one of their best players. Great personality. He, he's hosted Saturday Night Live. Mr. Macho Perfect Man. Yeah, you, you know that he has said hello, pretty lady, to her on more than one occasion. <laughs> she is the former Miss Kansas. Oh, of course she is. Yeah, yeah well, right. I mean, you know, it's just, and why wouldn't why mm-hmm. why wouldn't she be? Hey, you guys had Riley Gaines on yesterday, and I thought that interview was phenomenal. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, she is just awesome. She brought energy, and this was on the heels of her having a high-profile Twitter spat with Keith Olbermann. Mm. That loser, mm-hmm. Keith Olbermann, who was ripping Riley Gaines because, <laughs> one— He was ripping on her athletic record. Right. One, because she— has the audacity to stand up for women's sports and two calling her a terrible swimmer Mm -hmm. she was a good swimmer was she the national champion no but she also got beat by dudes with cranks and testosterone well and so she had a perfect response (laughs) in where she just went through her trophy case and started reading off her trophies Mm -hmm. to keith olberman who by my recollection never won anything athletically in his entire life so Keith Olbermann is such a lunatic. I don't like Laura Ingram just because she used to date that lunatic. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I totally forgotten about that. Back in the day, Laura Ingram and Keith Olbermann mm-hmm. were together. And I hold that against Laura Ingram today. What happens to a guy like that? Because when I was a kid, and look, I know that, that when I was a kid, this was a better country. But when I was a kid, he was the wacky guy with, what's his face? Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. Mm-hmm. And they were the sports center guy, and they were the nicknames and the funny sayings and hey you tuned in every 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 night at six o'clock to watch the day's highlights at what point did he just say i'm gonna just drop this thing where everybody loves me and i'm gonna be this enraged maniac where everyone hates me and i'm gonna get dismissed or told to leave or whatever from essentially every job i will have going forward he's a lunatic yes i mean say what you want this guy I wonder if there's something wrong with him. That being said, would you watch like a Big Brother style house <laughs> where Keith Olbermann has to live with Alex Jones? <laughs> I, oh my gosh. That would be entertaining. And right? I, and yeah. it's like, there were probably some jobs where Keith Olbermann left on his own. I don't know which ones they were, but it doesn't seem like anywhere he ever leaves, people go, boy, we were really glad that Keith right. was here. That was a really, you know, just super positive experience. And wh- I don't know, did he wake up one day? Was he always a, a maniac and just. He hit it. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know, but it's like you ruined my ch- like 
great childhood memories, and now I think back and go, well, he was just that same. That's who that guy was. Like, you would have thought Dan Patrick would have said something in all these years. Of, yeah. Boy, he was a lunatic back in the day, yeah, but he no never kidding. said that. Hey, what is coming up this afternoon? Uh, Reverend Charles Harrison yeah. will join us. We'll talk a little crime in Indy. Mm-hmm. It's Beer Sample Friday and the biggest stories in Indy. Thank you, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.